Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Brought to you by Sherwick Media, your health and wellness content specialist. Health Connect South is to serve the health community as a sustainable platform for regional health collaborations. Through our collective work, we seek to broadly define and advance the Southeast role in the future of health. Serving as a gateway between health industry silos, we seek to provide unique and meaningful partnership opportunities in health. We are pleased to share this information and these experts with you as part of our mission. Want to be part of the discussion? Join in, tweet questions and comments at HealthCon Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's C.W. Hall. And this week on the Health Connect South Radio Show, we're taking a look at prescription medications. Now, we know that in many cases, they're a necessary part of our treatment plan when it comes to dealing with a particular health-related issue. But we also know that many times it can be extremely expensive to get that prescription filled. Even in cases where we have decent health insurance and when we show up to the pharmacy, there can be a bit of sticker shock that occurs when we find out just how much we're going to have to pay over and above what the insurance plan is going to cover. And then, God forbid, the, the case occurs when a person has a prescription and they don't have health insurance that covers prescription costs. Uh, the expense can certainly be astronomical for those patients. Coupled with this, the fact that when it comes to prescription medications, it's extremely important that we take them exactly as they're prescribed. Plus, our doctors need to know very clearly what are the other medications that we're taking when they're recommending a particular medication for us? Because in some cases, if we're taking one medicine for one problem and another medicine for another, those two medicines can get together in our bloodstream and our body interact and cause them to behave a little differently or cause us big time problems with, say, liver function, kidney function. They can make us dramatically sicker or even kill us in some cases. The two guests that we had on the show this week are using healthcare technology to address both of those problems. Charles Stevenson is the founder of Authentiscripts. They're a platform that's, you may be familiar with Priceline, the online travel platform that lets you go in and essentially bid on travel costs like hotel rooms, for example. Well, Authentiscripts actually allows you to do that with your prescription medications. You can see all the pharmacies around your area within like a 15 mile radius, and it will show you expected costs for those medications. And you can put in essentially a bid into the application and try to locate medication for the cost that you are willing or able to pay. And on the other side of that, we've got Dr. Sheila Woodhouse. She's a practicing cardiologist at Emory here in the Atlanta area. And she founded a company called DocsMed. She talks about the fact that many times the patients don't know fully the list of medications that we're taking. Sometimes it can be a surprising number of medications, double digits in some cases. And it's almost impossible for the patients to keep track of all of them and exactly why they're taking each individual one. And so she thought there had to be a better way. And she's developed a DocsMed platform that lets a patient be able to enter in all of their medications. It talks about why they're taking those medications. So when a physician comes to either make a prescription for a new medicine or maybe make one, they're going to change a medicine that we're on. It gives the physician all the information that they would need to prevent drug interactions from occurring for that patient and help them more effectively manage the medicines they're on. Maybe they would be able to eliminate one or two if they had a complete list of um, available medications. So coming up next is Charles as he talks about how he came up with the idea for Authentiscripts. Check it out. 2006, believe it or not, I became ill and I had decent insurance and I started getting what we call EOBs, explanation of benefits from my insurance provider. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the, the cost of my services and looked at the cost of my prescriptions and I realized the only thing I could have controlled was the prescription itself. It was just too expensive, even though I could afford it. So I asked myself, what does the person do who does not have insurance? How are they going to treat themselves? Do they go, do they suffer? Do they try to get a free uh, medication from the actual producer of the medication? Or do they just wing it and hope they can find something natural that cures them? And so that drove my mission to figure out exactly a way to make this system a lot better for individuals that didn't have a, a resource available for them. Here's Sheila Woodhouse talking about why she was inspired to come up with the DocsMed platform. Been involved in um, health technology, advising, consulting, doing feasibility studies, whether it's with home health monitoring systems. And so the technology piece has always been something that I've been engaged in and part of. I happen to love what I do. I happen to love and enjoy my patients. Um, and so this concept actually came across because of the patient that I was taking care of. And I always tell people it's a true story. I was one day just sitting down speaking to one of my patients by the name of John, and um, he had no idea what medications he was on. It happens all the time. It's nothing that was unusual that day. Uh, and I said, dude, what's up? I actually, unfortunately, speak to my patients that way. 
Um, <laughs> but I have five stars, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> on health grades? Yes. They were exactly, here. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so he said, Woodhouse, which they term of endearment, they call me, that in the last month I've been to two other doctors, two pharmacists. I've just was discharged from the hospital, and each of those interactions resulted in a new medication or a medication change. He said, actually, my last hospital visit was for kidney failure because I was taking similar drugs for different reasons. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, okay. So I got my staff. They spent the next 30, 45 minutes literally calling his pharmacist, calling the doctors that he has seen, the hospital discharge team, even his wife to get a current list. And nobody had an updated list. People had pieces of it. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I sat down, truly exhausted, and thought, where's one place where I could get all of John's medications organized and key information stored without much work from John that would be available to him and for me and for the pharmacist and anyone who needed it when they needed it to take care of John. So DocSmith was born. Stick around. We got the full interview with Charles Stevenson and Dr. Sheila Woodhouse coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South Radio Show. It's the 26th episode of the Health Connect South Radio Show. And we're pleased to have with us in the studio, Diana Kehoe of Sherwick, back from vacation. Uh, rested and, and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That's right, yeah. Um, broadcasting uh, from our new studio location in the same place, but different. So uh, we have a view now. That's right. We've got uh, a, a view of the uh, lovely Atlantic Station here, and we're pleased to be joined in the studio by a couple of folks who are addressing uh, issues around prescription medications. Uh, we know that that is one of the big sources of expenditure for patients around the country, uh, paying for prescription medications, and um, in, in getting a chance to talk to one of the guests, I, I didn't realize you know just how big of a problem. Uh, poor medication management can be as it relates to, you know, interactions uh, between medications, incorrectly taking medications, things like that can really significantly impact a, a patient's outcomes, even resulting in death and um, obviously, um, you know, leads to a great deal of uh, readmissions to hospitals and so forth, a huge portion of cost uh, for our annual health care expenditure. So uh, we'll get right into our guest today. I've got uh, Charles Stevenson. He's the founder of Authentiscripts. Thanks for taking some time here, Charles. Thank you for inviting me. And then we've got uh, Dr. Sheila Woodhouse of DocsMed. She's a, actually a practicing cardiologist here at the Emory uh, Health System. And uh, she's the CEO and founder of DocsMed. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about these two platforms and how you all uh, intend to tackle these issues around prescription medications. So thanks a lot for taking some time, Sheila. No, thank you. And you brought a guest with you. Yes, Jimmy Godwin. He is the pharmacy intern at the pharmacy student actually at Mercer University and intern for DocsMed, a valued asset. Well, thanks for taking some time to uh, join Sheila here on the mic. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Charles, we'll start with you. Tell, tell me about your platform um, and, and what it's aimed to do, and then we'll kind of rewind uh, and, and kind of hear how you got here to uh, creating this platform. Oh, no problem. Uh, good morning. And what Authenticscripts main practice and service is, is to provide transparency in healthcare uh, through pricing strategy. And what we do is we allow the patients the ability through software to negotiate the out-of-pocket costs with prescription medications based upon the geolocation of their pharmacies. And we are trying to bring some sort of competition back into the market for the independent chains uh, who are losing out to the, the larger, uh, I would say, brands. You know, I don't want to name them out specifically, but, you know, there's a lot of traction that's being lost through pricing. Mm -hmm. And the average everyday consumer, aka the patient, they really cannot afford sometimes to pay for most medications that they need to basically start the regimen of, of treatment. So, so what you're saying is the application is a, a platform that actually, you, as we were preparing for the show, we com compared it to Priceline, I believe it was, a, an, an application that lets you actually see for XYZ medication, it's this much over here, it's this much over here, so I can begin to actually shop for this one medicine across a number of pharmacies. Is that, is that what you're saying that it's able to do? Basically, yes. In a nutshell, you can look at uh, every pharmacy within the 15-mile radius of your geolocation and see the actual shelf price in real time, what's on their shelf, the quantity, and how much it's going for for your supply that's being subscribed to you by your Medicaid, by your physician, excuse me. And you can negotiate that price based upon what you can afford at that time. And the transparency portion of it comes in because you can see that real-time price as well as we can actually pull in the formulary from your insurance payer too so you can see the gap. And that's your, hmm. that's your portion of the transaction. Well, that's pretty impressive. So you can actually negotiate on some level with a, with a pharmacy about the cost of the medicine? The cash side, yes. The insurance side, no, because there's already a formulary set in place. I gotcha. That they can't veer from. 
I see. But there's a there's a huge portion of cash paying customers who are either underinsured or either have no insurance because it's actually cheaper to pay the penalty from the government than it is actually at the policy every month. I see. So that's pretty. That's, in- that's a whole nother show. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, tell me how how this came to be for you. How did you how did you get to this place where you wanted to create this platform? Uh, 2006, believe it or not, I became ill. And I had decent insurance, and I started getting what we call EOBs, explanation of benefits from my insurance provider. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the, the cost of my services and looked at the cost of my prescriptions, and I realized the only thing I could have controlled was the prescription itself. It was just too expensive, even though I could afford it. So I asked myself, what does a person do who does not have insurance? How are they going to treat themselves? Do they go, do they suffer? Do they try to get a free uh, medication from the actual uh, producer of the medication? Or do they just, you know, wing it and hope they can find something natural that cures them? And so that, that kind of drove my mission to figure out exactly a way to make this system a lot better for individuals that who didn't have a resource available for them. And so 2006, I, I created the first platform myself. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Realized I wasn't a developer. And so I spent the last, I spent three years from 2006 to 2009 educating myself on the, on the healthcare process and the medication side of it. Because the good thing about healthcare is it's, it's very open source when it comes to information. There's a lot of private stuff when it, on the physician level, obviously, but on the actual consumer level, there's a lot of information out there. So I educated myself, found a great developer locally here in Atlanta, and we started developing and started working. Okay, so so you didn't have the technical. You tried it yourself, yes, <laughs> <laughs> from an app development perspective, yes. and then uh, realized that you needed a, a greater deal of of technical assistance with regards yes. to building it. But you you had the idea. That's yes. pretty cool. Yes. What was your I mean, what was your background leading up to that before you were a patient that said, man, there's got to be a better way? Electrical mechanic, electrical mechanical engineer, mm-hmm. uh, mechatronics, robotics, uh, high energy, low energy x-ray systems. So I've always been in technology, but in a different facet. I knew how to code, but on a different level for machines and robotics, never the software side online. And so I just took what I understood about technology and merged the two and wrote it down fine-tuned it with a developer and we just pulled the trigger that's pretty exciting so this is truly a case where an individual who didn't necessarily come from a particular space where you were you were already a a developer for example when you just came up with an idea you were actually a user who said there's got to be a better way you had a personal experience as a patient and then thought man i'm just looked around saw that there was nothing there that that would do this for you and you said hey can you build this for me that's pretty that's pretty cool well i've i've found with SaaS software as a service, you get the best product from the consumer side of the house because developers and even business managers themselves they get so caught up in the they get so caught up in the bigger picture, which is the finances of it and the actual mechanics of the software itself. The UX the user experience gets left out. Mm-hmm. So I developed it from the user experience, and when I tested it through a uh, actual focus group and things like that, everyone loved it because it was so easy to use and it was so simplistic. Even the physicians liked it because I, I, I approached it from a different angle. I didn't approach it technically. I didn't approach it uh, physically from a physician side. I approached it from a user side. What do I want to see? Yeah. How do you want to? How do you want it to look? What, yes. what, what to make it in- intuitive? So, so take us through that. Obviously, we're we're going to be describing this to to people across the radio without having visual aid here. So, talk to us about what do I see when I when I log into the app? Is it a mobile application that I'm downloading onto my mobile device? Is it a website? What's the platform? Where does it live? Currently, it's a website. We're working on the mobile app. It should be done in the next 30 to 45 days and start testing it. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a very light version of the site, which is pulling the, the most impactful features for users that makes the most sense for them. Uh, when you first log onto the site, you see a video. It's a how-to. Basically, just walks through the process. Okay. I actually shot it right down the street here, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, once you do that, you can actually click sign up. And when you sign up, the cool part about the, 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 the site is it will not allow just anyone to sign up. You have to have a physician that vets you from their system. So think of HIPAA, think of security, think PID. We, we, we cover every base possibly known to mankind to keep everything secure on the inside of it. And then once the physician syncs you to your account, then you see all your prescriptions. You see a map that you locate your physician and you see everything that they prescribe you and the time they prescribe it as well too. Now take me, so, so what you're saying is you've installed a, a measure of security for me, the, the patient, so that so that Diana can't try to find out what medication that CW is taking because it's, it's a crazy list. Um, and <laughs> and so, so, so as a verification process, then my physician says, yes, this is, yes. This is really CW Hall. Yes. How, do, how does that happen? How do you go through that? It's that? a two-step hand verification, basically. You get a pen from your physician that you put in if the physician signs you up. Or if you sign up yourself, 
it notifies your physician that you put into the system that you signed up if they have an account with us and they can verify your account on their end. So it, it serves a two it serves a, a two security purpose, one for the patient and then one for the physician so they just don't have a patient out there blindly looking for medications on their own. It has to come from them themselves. So does the physician have to somehow be a member or sign up yes. as a user with the with the application as well then? Yes, they do. All right, so Charles, you had me until you actually brought my physician into it because it took me two weeks to make an appointment with my physician. So I'm a little discouraged at this point. <laughs> I apologize. I really do apologize for that portion of it. We did that primarily because we want to try to bring the, 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 the community because the, 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 the cure process does not start without the physician and the actual finalization of it doesn't start without the pharmacist. So all three parties need to be, be involved in, in the process to make sure that it works and to make sure it's secure. Because how would it be if a patient was to just sign up and then start searching for medication? No, I'm, I'm totally agreeing you with yes. the process, but the physicians, there's so many that are so not, yes. they're not even doing online scheduling for appointments. I understand. Um, so, you know, the, the fact is, is that if you actually want to have a consumer experience to bring the physician into it, um, I'm just a little discouraged by that. No, I mean, I, I understand have, the process. What's the what's the process for you in terms of getting the physicians on board? It would seem like that's a huge task since we're talking, yeah. you know, thousands of doctors. How do you how do you go through that? Well, it's actually very easy because we have a software piece that we built out. Uh, if the physician has a current uh, EHR EMR, we can just basically tie into it, pull the information in, and once they signed up, that's it. And then the, the system will automatically vet them from that point forward based upon the key generated by their site or by their system itself. So it's only a one-time setup process for the physician. And then after that, it's autonomous after that. So have you partnered with insurance companies then to maybe accelerate the rate at which you're able to get physician participation? Because clearly that's a key here. It, yes. It's a necessary factor. Yeah. Or maybe explain to us your business model. Like who's paying how are you making money? The business model is very simple. We have a subscription base. We have a 30-day free trial for anyone that signs up patient-wise. Then they can, they can opt into a subscription model from $199 to $14.99 a month for a family of six. So that's relatively inexpensive but unlimited transactions. For the physician side, it's free. That kind of entices them to come on board, too. So the less they have to pay, the more they'll probably look at it. And for the pharmacy side, because we have a, a, a series of built-in tools for them, they can actually pay and opt into those or it's free for them as well too. So the patient is really paying for the option to save prices, to save med save money on medications and then everyone else can opt into different features as well too. There's even some features for the, for the physician that they can opt into, but for the base core concept that they actually enter into it, it's free. So for those that actually can't afford the insurance, which is, you know, we started the conversation with that being yes. your market, are they, are you going to actually be getting 1499 out of these patients that can't afford insurance for medications? Probably not. And then we have a lot of free stuff in there as well, too. So the more you use it up in the scripts, the more you start getting stuff back. We have like a little credit system built into it. We call it little pills. So the more you opt into certain things and more you opt into more transactions, you get pills. And so for the next transaction, after a certain amount of pills, you get that free. So it's almost a give back system, so to speak. And if you think about it like this, if you're paying $14.99 a month for medication, but we just saved you $120, is there a benefit in that? Especially if you go on ACA right now and your insurance plan may be four to 500 bucks a month. It's still a lot cheaper than what you would pay monthly for an insurance plan on top of, of a prescription plan as well, too. Hmm. It seems like the exchanges would be a great market for you. I mean, if you... I mean, how how old are you? And, you know, do you have a sales force? And how how much out there are you? I'm 38. Relatively <laughs> young, but kind of old in technology. I mean, <laughs> old, a company. that's a very, I'm glad I didn't ask Dr. Woodson that. Because <laughs> yeah, she would have said, yeah, I was asking how old is your company. Oh, but <laughs> He's a young I mean, man. He's got I'm, a company. I'm a journalist. Just a heads up. I am a journalist. I ask many personal no, no, questions, okay. but your that's age okay. is not one that I would normally ask. That's okay. Uh, the company, believe it or not, the company, the, the platform was finished in 2010. And I started shopping around and every door was closed in my face at that time. And that was, that was before ACA. And so with that being said, the market was not ready at that time. They just couldn't fathom the thought of people having the, the competitive ability for prescription medications. And still to this day, there's still a lot of apprehension, mm -hmm. apprehension about it. Um, and so with that being said, I'm, I have a team of people that I work with part time. But the sales force, the development side of the house now, they're the trying to find money to fund it. All that stuff comes from Charles. I'm, a, I'm not a solo man, but I'm almost a team of like 1.5. You're 100% <laughs> of your sales force? Mm -hmm. Basically, yes. And your operations? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So and, it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, the, so the system is live. I can actually enroll and participate in it now, or is yes, it yes, getting sure. ready to go? So we're live. Yes, it's live. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and is it 
Is it focused here in, in Georgia? Um, where is it available for, for people to use? If you have internet access, you can get on it. I mean, we, we're nationwide. Uh, the thing is, we're not locally just focused in Georgia because uh, Georgia is a big market, but it's small too. We want to try to tap everyone. Because it's technology, there's not a lot of hardware, meaning I don't have to actually go into a place and set something up in order for you to use it. It's all software driven. It's a true SaaS platform. Mm-hmm. Now, is the is the physician enrollment as a participant, is that driven somewhat by the patient? So CW finds out about it. I hear the program here and like, wow, that's a cool thing. So I go to Dr. Smith and say, hey, I want to I want to use this application because it's going to help me save money on the prescriptions that I have. Is that are you finding there's some drive to through, you know, through the physician side of things with the patient going to them saying, hey, I want to participate, please. You know, yes. I need you to help do that. That particular process is solely dependent upon how large of a workforce that physician has. If they only have one medical assistant, chances are it's not going to happen to completion because they're busy scheduling, moving records around, stuff like that. If there's more than one physician, a medical assistant, I apologize, then it's, it's, it's a very seamless system to get into it. But And I was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. The doctor himself or herself doesn't necessarily have to be the one to enter that information. I've been sitting here like this. Can I yeah. ask a question? Yeah, yeah, I know please. I'm a guest, but can yeah. I ask more? Yeah, please. <laughs> please go ahead. I, I know it's free to physicians. Yes. The, the question I have as practicing, how much time does it take? Yeah, that's, the, for, that's where I was going yeah, with that. Where, is. For me to implement that, obviously your goal is to help the patient. Yes. And by them having medication that's cheaper, then ultimately it benefits the mm-hmm. whole system. So I understand that. But my time. As a physician or as a pharmacist? As a physician. Physician, it's a very, it's, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Now, you referenced that the electronic record system mm-hmm. and that it would easily, we could easily put it into our system. So am I the target or is it the electronic record system companies that's the target that then creates a widget for me mm-hmm. such that my effort then is minimal and I can do good by the patient without actually having to expend any type of business um, conversation about you know the, my time, the cost, and letting me know it's free. Is that part well, of your... Let me, let me simplify it a little bit easier for you. We don't, we don't totally infuse into the EHR, EMR systems. What we do is we just need the e-prescribed portion of it. That's it. That's all we care about is the e-prescribed side. We can pull that data in relatively easily. And you e-prescribe straight from your, from your facility, and so we can catch that on the way out. We can catch specific portions of the e-prescribe on the way out before it goes to the pharmacist and then take what we need from it and then tie the suit back together. So that's how it works. We don't have to delve all the way into your system to get what we need. But if the e-prescribe is within the system. system then you have to, I'm, I guess what we're trying to ask is into which level of a hospital system would you enter? Just the bait, just the back end. That's it. We just need to get into the back end. But as far as who are you meeting with that makes, who's the decision maker that you're meeting with? It's usually the CIOs. And, okay. and, and they're, they're usually the ones that make those decisions, CIOs, because it's, it's actually going into their system, but not all we into it. We just need to get what comes out, and that's the e-prescribe side. Okay. And we have, all we need is, is, I don't want to get too technical into it, just basic information about it, and we can actually just catch what we need. Because it's interesting around this table, we've got a, a practicing physician, mm-hmm. and then you have, the, you know, patients, and we also have a pharmacist here. Yes. So you're mm-hmm. really hitting mm-hmm. your market here. <laughs> true. But true. I mean, yeah. I, I'll back up to what I said in the in the open is like it literally. I'm not kidding. It mm-hmm. took me two weeks to make an appointment with my doctor. Wow. Because they basically don't start answering the phone until nine. Yes. They close their offices at three, mm-hmm. and they never answer their phone. So it was phone tag. <laughs> I, I mean, I just needed a physical. Yes. And I'm not actually scheduled until September. So. You saying that my doctor is going to be the one that's actually going to be doing this for me makes me a little scared. Well, it's just it, the, the physician's not doing anything that they wouldn't know me doing by, anyway by prescribing you a medication. We're, our software just lays in the background and we just capture it. We take a photo shot of it and then we put it into your profile as a, as a patient. And so the physician's not pushing any more buttons. They're not launching any more software. We can tie into pretty much any system that's out there on the back end where it's not, it's not visible to them. So basically, since it... Obviously, if it's taking me two weeks to make a doctor's appointment, mm-hmm. they don't have a system. So I'm basically going to have to find a doctor that has a system. Yes. Okay. I see, see. That's, that's what I was saying. That's the slow migration. You have a lot of physicians out here. Even, even though we had the, the, the benefit from the, from the, the ACA or the government to basically start upgrading a lot of medical facilities, a lot of them still haven't gotten to the point where they can actually utilize what's out there software wise to their full capabilities. And so that's where that's been a lot of the hang up in the actual migration and the scaling capabilities because you talk to a physician and their system's just not capable yet. 
the yeah, there's still yeah. a lot on the uh, legacy yeah. systems, yeah. and then there's 15% out there, or at least there was a few months ago when we had um, the the EMR folks on um, that aren't even on an EMR yet. So there's still one in six out there that, that exactly. still need to convert. And I think so. that was that show that I actually talked to. I had just had another doctor's appointment, and the doctor was, you know, it's an older gentleman, probably in his late 60s or mid-60s that was actually writing everything out. And I said, so you're not on an EMR? And it went into a 20-minute diatribe. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard so many F-bombs. <laughs> so um, well, so I, you, you've got a tough road ahead of you. Yes, I mean, and I understand that. I mean, but I, my, my, my stick-to-itiveness is, is, is pretty strong. Like, 2006 to 9 I'm still here. And so I, because I, I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in my product, and I believe in helping people. And I know that this can help a lot of consumers out there, those who are either listening or don't even know about us yet, uh, and give them the chance to have the same medications that we have in this room and the same capabilities that we have in this room. Because I, mean, I, I think the good thing is that patients are now consumers and they have mm -hmm. expectations yes. and they will drop, push their physicians, providers, yes. pharmacists to do what's in their best interest. And ultimately, the EHR issue will, everyone will have to get on some yes. type of electronic system. And so... Um, I think by making it patient-focused, and, and the consumers may, the patients may push it mm -hmm. um, to where it needs to be. But the cooler part about this, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I can because my attorney told me to keep my mouth shut sometimes. <laughs> but, but within the system, we have a digital prescription slip as well. So for those old-school physicians who are still writing hand prescriptions, we can secure it where there's no, it's, everything's legible, it's digital, and they can print it off right from the site itself. And they can either put it into a mobile device through a barcode, or they can hand carry it into the into the actual pharmacy themselves. So when I built it, I made sure I covered every base known to mankind when I built it, uh, because I looked at it from my experience as a patient. I couldn't read what my physician was writing on a, on a prescription slip, so I figured, well, why not make it digital? You know, we've been speaking with the founder of Authentiscripts, Charles Stevenson. He's here sharing how he himself, as a patient, um, experienced. Sticker shock that you can run into with certain medications that you have to take, and he developed a platform called Authentiscripts that currently is a website that allows patients to go in, much like the the you know the familiar uh, offering called Priceline for for travel and hotels, um, and allow patients to actually be able to geolocate themselves based on where they live, and they can see pharmacy costs for a given medication in their particular area and, and potentially negotiate with them or at least tell the system this is what I'm willing to pay and the system will then display where they can go and, and get those medications for that kind of rate. Um, and do you have some examples of, of the savings that people are experiencing through using the application? Yes. Uh, won't go into specific, 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 uh, just, some, just some you know, basic of examples of what someone can expect. I'll give you a prime example. There's a CEO that I spoke to and he actually used the platform itself just through testing. And he looked for a medication that he was trying to get. It was a ointment or cream. He went backpacking across Europe, came back with an actual rash. Uh, one pharmacy, which is his local pharmacy, was $416, the cash side of it. Uh, and we showed him in the system just 14 miles away, it was $14. <laughs> wow. That disparity exists. Yeah. It really does. And even though he's a CEO, you know, paying $416 would not have been a big problem for him. But st yet and still, I'd rather pay $14 than $416. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's pretty significant. And I would imagine that uh, from one pharmacy to the other, even for just your basic pills that you're going to yes. be taking, I'm sure that there's some measure of variety depending on what sort of contracts they have with their distributors and so forth uh, are around the country. Um, are are there any kind of legal concerns as it relates to? Because I mean, you, you mentioned the fact right off the jump that we, you know, we're dealing with HIPAA, mm -hmm. um, and, and clearly you've got that covered by having the the physician essentially say yes, this is a real person. Yes, this is the person that should be accessing this information. But are there other legal concerns that uh, that you've run into? Personal personal identification uh, data PID is what we call it. Uh, trying to keep it to where a person's information is not freely flowing throughout the system. And on the actual pharmacy side, uh, if you look inside the dashboard of that, that, we only need three pieces of information, your geolocation, the medication, and what you want to pay. The system strips away everything that identifies you to the pharmacist or even anybody, anybody publicly looking at it. Mm. And it doesn't come back together until you scan the barcode that the site generates that, that certifies that you are who you are. That's where the authentication portion comes in of, of Authenticscripts. So from the payment perspective, am I actually 
paying for it kind of like on the the site that we referenced earlier the travel website am I, am I actually paying for my medication prepaying for it if you will before I go pick it up through the app or I mean how does my price end up landing at the yeah, how pharmacy. does the pharmacist know that yeah. I'm actually using this application? Yeah. How does he know he's not supposed to gig me for $400 instead of <laughs> yeah. 14 Through the actual prescription slip that the site generates, everything is encoded in that once the auction is complete, and all I have to do is scan it, and it pops up and shows the price the, 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 and the actual information for the patient at that time comes up. I see. And that's how they know. We don't take any cash for the medications itself because that would automatically make us a pharmacy. So when I when I say this is the one I want, then I get a basically a printable document then yes. that I take with me to the pharmacy, and that's yes. what determines what I pay. Yes. Now, how does it interface with insurance? Now, we talked about some insurance versus cash. We haven't tied in with an insurance platform yet, but there's a transparency piece built in. We can actually pull in their formulary so they can see the patient themselves exactly what their insurance provider is paying for that medication versus what the actual pharmacist is actually selling it for. And like I said, that gap is what they're paying. And so the pharmacist play, not the pharmacy, but the actual insurance provider plays more so just showing transparency to their patients. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what we're doing for you. And through seeing, I guess, a high enough number from the insurance provider, they would probably want to adjust their formulary at some point in time and show the patient that we're doing a lot more for you uh, in that in that aspect of it. That would be like a pipe dream. Yes, um, I know. <laughs> so is there any way to game the system? I mean, the thing with pharmacy um, and, and prescription is that there's always going to be people that are going to be taking advantage of a system to be able to game and get, you know, opiates or barbs. Um, barbiturates and no, because the cool part about the prescription slip is once it's scanned, we have a piece built in that alerts everyone within the network that that prescription was scanned at this particular location, so they can't refill it again. And we even have an actual DEA piece to let the DEA know that there's been a narcotic or a, a pain med narcotic, whatever it may be, or just a medication in general that's been prescribed at this location, and to not do it again. Is there any way that it would prevent a patient from signing up as a different person? No, with a different doctor. No. Okay. The system is it's it's kind of redundant. You can have multiple physicians, but you can have duplicate medications under different physician profiles under your profile. So it's kind of it's it's kind of self-correcting, so to speak. Not AI or cognitive, but it's very self-correcting. It won't allow you to have duplicate medications under duplicate profiles for anyone else. Okay. And you mentioned that for you, you that funding you you could use some additional funding. Are there other are there other elements of either partnerships that would help you accelerate the rate at which physician groups are being enrolled or, um, you know, maybe some kind of partnership, say, with insurance or third-party pay or whatever the case may be? Are there, are there resources that you could use that would help you oh, yes. move this out faster? Can you talk about those real quick before we jump over and talk to Sheila? Love to partner with AMA. That, that's, that's pretty much where it's at right now with, the, with, the, with uh, physicians uh, and and. If I can bring on a large box pharmacist, pharmacy, I would, that would be great. Uh, but the main thing, I, I bootstrapped the concept into this point so far. And so it's been a lot of days of no vacationing, <laughs> you mm. know, no new stuff. But I mean, I understand that because the, the, the purpose is bigger than, than my self-fulfillment at this point at this time. But partnering is what we want to do. We want to show not only the, 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 the technology arena, but the healthcare arena that we're not here to destroy anyone's business model. We're here to enhance it. Mm. We want to work with you and work along. And the, 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 end, the, end, the end goal and the end game is the patient. That's what matters most is the patient. Mm -hmm. And if we can partner with anyone that has that same focus, I'm all for it. Well, in my opinion, I, I, I've thought for a while now that one of the big things that, that affects our cost uh, in general in healthcare has to do with transparency. We, we talked about, about it in the news on a number of occasions where you can go to this hospital and get a scan of some kind and it's $1,500 and then just down the street and across the road is, is another hospital that gives you the same scan for $185 and, and there is no, there's no rhyme or reason as to, and, and when you go to talk to the hospital administrations about it, oh, our costs are different. It's, it's not apples to apples. I do believe that, that as this kind of information and, and the technology allows more publication, if you will, of this kind of data, I believe that that will force this kind of consumer-driven competition to contain some of those costs that right now are kind of arbitrary in many cases. This is what we're going to charge for it, and this is what you have to, if yeah, you come to our place, this is what it's going to be. So I, 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 this is an early part of that, it seems. Yeah, and Charles, have you made any um, kind of concessions for, you know, the the name brand versus the generic? Yes, uh, but the, the thing is, we only focus on the cash customer as is anyway. And the generics are always going to be cheaper. 
So to try to competitively price a generic is almost impossible to do because they're inexpensive as is. And so our main focus right now is the name brands that are relatively high. For some people's opinions, they're more effective. And for some people's opinions, they aren't. Uh, and so with that being said, we can differ between the two. And we, you, can, you can negotiate them. But I mean, if you look at, say, a Walmart who has a generic for $4, how much leeway is that mm-hmm. you know, for $4 generic? But for the name brand, it may be $100. You know, so we're focusing on that. The ones that are extremely high, the person who wants the actual name brand, the physician who only prescribe the name brand or the or the or the actual original uh, medication itself okay so go ahead is it this are you looking at the specialty drugs in particular yes mainly specialty drugs yes mainly because those seem to be the ones that people can't afford the most and then as the as the as the model matures we'll start trickling down to the 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 more widely used medications that are out there so when i log into the system does it actually show me the medications that i can negotiate if you will or that i can use the app for it only shows essentially you, a formulary list, if you will. It only shows you what you've been, what you've been prescribed. That's it. Okay. We don't we don't do any we don't do any guessing for you, because that takes us into a realm that legally we can't sure. go into. We just stick to the basics. You've been prescribed this medication. You can't afford it. This pharmacy has it. Negotiate it. So once you once you've gotten my record in there, then you you'll display to me the, the options for my medication if it's part of the system. Yes, I definitely. got you. I got you. So we actually have a pharmacist sitting at the table who I don't want to put you on the spot. So, but uh, I'd love to hear your your views on this. Well, I, just to correct, I'm a pharmacy intern. Intern, not a, okay. Not a so, but, <laughs> he plays but, uh, one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as working in a pharmacy, I think it's really great that they're that you're providing a platform for people with you know, chronic disease states that need these drugs that are ridiculously expensive. Um, basically, it allows them to have the option to choose between pharmacies. Um, you know, as a pharmacist, we want to keep all the business we can. But if you're looking at it from the patient's perspective, then I think that it's a good thing um, to be able to have that transparency of where they can get the cheapest drugs. Um, but who's setting actually, this is a question as a consumer, who's setting the price of drugs? It's PBMs, most likely, right. the PBMs. And PBMs, for the benefit of the listeners that don't know what that means, what it's is a, that? It's uh, a pharmacy benefit manager. Okay. And so, so that's somebody in an insurance company then is what you're saying? They are Usually they're independent sources. They're independent companies that look at the industry as a whole, and they price it based upon regions, cases, things of that nature. It, there's multiple things that go into the formulary aspect of it. And so I don't know that all of them that they use to, to, to create a price. I know some of them. Hmm. And some of them have their secret sauce as well to, to create a price. They don't publicly put it out there. And this is how much it costs to do the research, so we got to make this much back. Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so. And this is how big the market is, so yeah. therefore, you know, we have to charge this much. So In, it actually, this the pharmacist itself, they don't have that much control over how much they're not, actually... Not the medication well, itself, I don't think. In Georgia, they just passed legislation to where there is transparency now between how much the PBM will reimburse the pharmacy for drugs. So... Um, I don't know when that exactly takes effect, but before the <clears throat> before the pharmacy didn't know how much they were going to be reimbursed from the PBMs, um, there was some kind of you know clouded mystery behind that. So pharmacies were having a difficult time, you know, anticipating what their costs were going to be and how much to charge the patient. Outside of a compounding pharmacy that's putting something together, um, how much control do you have over what a medication costs? Not much. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah. I would think that you're given a, a wholesale cost for the medication, and then from there you've got X percent that you can use above that. Which is the reason that they basically have all these candy and cosmetics that you have to walk yeah. through. Yeah, retail is probably where it's <laughs> and at. Body lotion. Pharmacy. Body lotion yeah. gets me every time when yeah. I walk through. It's the right there on the front. Yes, exactly. We've been learning about the. Uh, uh, Authentic Scripts platform created by Charles Stevenson that allows patients to log into the website. Um, it, it knows what prescriptions that me, uh, that my particular um, physician has prescribed for me, and then allows me to view in in the particularly in the instance of name brand medications. Um, I can see competitive rates around my area that would allow me to go to where the the price is the best for my given medications. Um, and uh, I think it's a cool concept. I really do. I think that uh, this kind of 
consumerism is going to permeate throughout the healthcare system. Like I say, I do believe that the, we need the same kind of thing for the hospitals. I think that that's one place where uh, we get really stuck, especially in the smaller communities where there's only one hospital. That's where you're going to go. And so this is what the price is. There's a bit of mm-hmm. a monopoly there. I think that some consumerism like this is really going to help us in a lot of different areas beyond even prescriptions. So I think it's kind of a cool idea. Um, well, and it's interesting how the healthcare is really the only um, the only field that has not adopted mm-hmm. and consumers and not driving the prices, the competition. Yeah. I mean, if you think about travel, if you think about, I mean, even booking a vacation, not that Charles has done that in a while, yeah. um, but I mean, that's all driven by choices. It's all driven by price. Yes. I think from the physician side, though, you have these sites where you have your, um, your rankings or what people think of you. And so I think that's kind of people are taking that to heart more and making choices, meaning if this physician has three stars, or this physician has five stars, the wait time and all the comments. And so I think the consumers will drive more of it as it relates to their pocket now. And I know there are some places where the co-pays, the cost of um, engaging what the price is for an outpatient testing versus inpatient testing is available. It's not readily available. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So patients don't realize until after the fact when they get that bill at home and they're like, wait a minute, what did I, I was there for right. five minutes. What is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot, I found a lot of patients don't understand their insurance plans. They don't, they don't know what they're signing up for. So when they do need to use it, they get to the pharmacy or doctor That's right. and they're, yeah. they're just like, well, I had no idea. I, I have a $5,000 deductible. I, you know, yeah, that's I, definitely going on right now. No question about that for sure. Uh, we were talking about that last week with the Medical Association of Georgia and the Senate Bill 158 that's dealing with the way that uh, – health insurance plans can, they show you a, a list of physicians that are part of the plan. You sign up for the plan because your doctor's on the plan, and then you find out, oh, that doctor is not in on the, the plan, plan because anymore. it's a narrow, narrow network, and the, the plan has changed without you knowing, and, and now your doctor's not there anymore. Um, we've been sitting down talking about how we can contain costs for prescription medications. Dr. Woodhouse has joined us to talk about containing healthcare costs as it relates to managing our medications better um, and preventing uh, drug interactions, uh, mismanagement of medications uh, from a compliance standpoint on the part of the patient. So Sheila, what you want to talk to us about DocsMed and and how it came to be? Take us through your background, because I know you're a practicing cardiologist here at Emory. Uh, I am a practicing cardiologist. I have been for 15, 16 years now. Don't ask me my age, please. I I learned. (laughs) But I've always been involved in um, health technology, advising, consulting, doing feasibility studies, whether it's with home health monitoring systems. And so the technology piece has always been something that I've been engaged in and part of. I happen to love what I do. I happen to love and enjoy my patients. Um, and so this concept actually came across because of the patient that I was taking care of. And I always tell people it's a true story uh, that I was one day just sitting down speaking to one of my patients by the name of John. And um, he had no idea what medications he was on. It happens all the time. It's nothing that was unusual that day. Uh, and I said, dude, what's up? I actually, unfortunately, speak to my patients that way. Um, <laughs> but I have five stars, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, on health grades? <laughs> yes. They were exactly, here. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so he said, Woodhouse, which they term of endearment, they call me, that in the last month I've been to two other doctors, two pharmacists. I've just was discharged from the hospital, and each of those interactions resulted in a new medication or a medication change. He said, actually, my last hospital visit was for kidney failure because I was taking similar drugs for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So I got my staff. They spent the next 30, 45 minutes literally calling his pharmacist, calling the doctors that he has seen, the hospital discharge team, even his wife to get a current list. And nobody had an updated list. People had pieces of it. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I sat down, truly exhausted, and thought, where's one place where I could get all of John's medications organized and key information stored and without much work from John that would be available to him and for me and for the pharmacist and anyone who needed it when they needed it to take care of John? So DocsMed was born, Um, and DocsMed is really a personalized mobile and web-based solution for medication management, adherence, and misuse. Okay. So so from there, actually, I I then sat down, really sketched this thing. No, I don't have the the, uh, engineering background. I use OneNote, okay, (laughs) and then I called my patent attorney and asked her, did this thing exist? And she (sighs) said, "Uh, no, you might want to pursue this. So this actually was last June, June, July. Um, I called a tech team, and we got 
working. At this point, we've developed this technology. It's uh, in beta. It actually will be released. The mobile application will be available next month. And the nice thing, and people ask, well, how did you get from point A to point B so quickly? Well, because in doing what I do, I understand the pain points of the insurance providers, the pharmacists, the, uh, the physicians, as well as the patients. The neat thing is, all along the way, although the patients didn't realize it was me because they would have been biased, they built this thing with me. They picked out the user interface. They told me what made sense, what they wanted. I, it's been half of my visit, more than half, actually, 60% of most of my visits speaking about medications as it relates to their chronic diseases. Fortunately, being a cardiologist, most of my patients have the gamut in regard to chronic diseases, um, but they have no idea what they're taking. They have no idea what drugs are redundancies. They have no idea if two doctors or two hospitals are giving them the same drug or not. And as a result, most of them get frustrated. They don't take anything. They find themselves back in the physician's office or the hospital, worst case scenario. Um, and so for me, it was all about the patient. But then looking at the system, you ask yourself, what value do these other end users get? Meaning me as the provider, the pharmacist, the hospital system, having access, and even the pharmaceutical companies because they have a stake in the game as well as the insurance industries. And so doing due diligence, you realize that this is a very value-based system. X number of dollars are lost for medication adherence. If we do this, we can save that patient money. We can save that insurance provider money. We can save that physician's time, meaning 45 minutes, I'm not able to prescribe a drug, whereas integrated within an electronic health record system, if I had a widget, which we have in our pharmacy system, our, our beta pharmacy, that says DocsMed, I can drop down that widget and find that no matter where that patient had a medication transaction point, what's their current up-to-date list? So that's the benefit to me. The pharmacist has a different benefit. I know their pain points. They have what we call dashboards, which is sold as software as a service, where their dashboard, they may just have a current list. The other one may be the addition of allergies to do internal secure messaging through the system. Um, a hospital system, and speaking to the discharge and admissions team, their thing is, what house is? We could walk in and someone say they're on DocsMed, and I could log in and find all of this relevant information that's not within my electronic record system now because I'm dependent on what the patient gives me to put it in. Mm -hmm. Then that kind of you alleviate that human error. And so that's what DocsMed was designed to do. So so if I'm hearing you correctly, then basically if, I, if I'm using DocsMed, then mm -hmm. every time I get a prescription filled, mm -hmm. then it's populating this platform basically then that's creating a list of inf of information that shows the various medications that CW is taking so when i walk into your office you can you say you've got a widget that you can actually view within my system within my electronic record system the pharmacist can view it within their pharmacy management system interesting and now, well, that's in the ideal world because that means you have to be on the DocsMed network. How do you make money? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how did you know that's... Yeah, she saw this coming. Yeah, and then, because by the way, the... how old are you? No, I'm kidding. I'm not <laughs> telling you. <laughs> Children in college, okay? And so, the, and so you have to be able to um, have access to it, but not everybody wants the same information. And so for the patient, it's free because it is. It was meant to be for John. There's nothing that the patient should have to pay for because it's about information. It's about empowering. It's about right. getting them involved. Safety and, and outcomes for them. Oh, yeah. for sure. Exactly. And so then I ask myself, what's the benefit for me? And would I pay for that benefit? Uh, yes, I would because of the time spent and knowing that medicine is going into a value-based system. How patient, the downstream effects of not taking medication and or taking the wrong medications um, and their readmission rates and their return visits to the office. Now you're talking about a physician's compensation model. Right. And so, therefore, then doctors will listen. I was surprised when I started looking at the DocsMed website. It talked about the fact that poor medication management, non-adherence, or costly issues. 27% of ER visits, 69% or up to 69% of hospital admissions, 11% of hospital readmissions, $140 billion in hospitalization costs, $188 billion in lost pharmaceutical revenue. I mean, huge. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I had no idea how big in dollars the problem was until I began to do more research about it. Again, I said, okay, if I can develop this for John and myself and everyone else benefit, that's great. Quickly, after I realized the cost of my patent, I said, okay, now, what are the real dollar value and how can I save money for these other users that would entice them and encourage them to buy into this network. Um, now, realistically speaking, people ask me, you know, well, how do you get 
we get that, you know, you want the pharmacy benefit managers, you want the EHRs, you want the pharmacy management systems to upsell through them to those end users. Right. Okay. Because that's where you can kind of get the mass effect. And so you, you ask, well, what do you do in the interim? How does John still benefit and be able to get complete use of this system, meaning to know what allergies, being up to date on immunizations, being safe, to know the interactions and the things that they need to know. And it's not just a reminder app. Just let me say that. Let me stop now. It's just not, it's not a reminder. <laughs> when you say that, just an app that says CW, it's time to take your medicine. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because there's so many other drivers that, that um, impact medication management. And to me, this was, what are the drivers? What can we change? What should we change? And it's meant, it's a very data-driven system that will allow us to either modify the system or share that information with other, uh, whether it's a corporate employee program, the insurance companies, the PBMs, in order to drive some change and modify what they do to ultimately impact outcomes and population health. So... We've been talking with Dr. Sheila Woodhouse. She's a cardiologist who saw the need to create a platform that would allow, as we've been talking about, for a patient to actually know uh, the scope of medications that they're on. I know that the older patients and the ones that end up uh, being followed by cardiologists, I used to work in the cardiology, uh, CVICU, um, taking care of patients with heart surgery and so forth, and seeing the, you, you see the list of medications that they're on, and it's it's quite impressive. I mean, they'll, they usually come in, and I'm sure you see this all the time, with a Ziploc bag full of the brown bottles um, of all their different medications because they got to Well, the nice <laughs> thing is now I used to see it more, um, I'd say, five years ago. Now the interesting thing is patients bring their mobile phones no matter what, and they have it in an Evernote or they have it on their notepad, and they show me the list. So it tells me that they're ready for a mobile device to have this information. That's cool. Some of them still write it out or they're typing it out and they're printing it out from their computer. So there's been a shift in the brown bag, thank goodness, because you put your hand in there and you have no idea what you're pulling out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, gl I'm glad I to see I guess it's been that. a while since I've been working in the, in the clinical setting. So it's Although my father-in-law just passed away earlier this year and he was in his um, you know, 80s. And um, we took out those uh you know Publix plastic bags i mean we took out 3 of those of medication prescription meds and his wife actually said i had no idea first of all where most of these came from or what he was taking well that that brings up a good point too is that a lot of people um are taking care of their parents or taking care of, of you know loved ones loved ones yeah. and you know, they need to understand what they're taking. They need to understand what their medication schedules are, you know, what they're taking these for, you know, what to look for as far as side effects. So that that's another area where DocsMed can, you know, assist the people that are caretakers of patients. And tell me, walk me through that system. So how does how does it help the caretaker? Well, if I, my mother, she's 83 and she lives in Pennsylvania. So if she's on DocsMed and her, even if she's not on the network, I could easily, because we can manually enter um, the information very easily, key medication information, and get full functionality of the system, even if your care team is not on the network. Again, it's to benefit the user. So I could easily in enter her medication for her. Um, I could get the reminders. So I would go in, download the app, and I would sign up. I would get a unique identification code. Again, security, automation, and to me, patient face and reconciliation is really the three things that sum this up. And so there's these, uh, to your point, um, that we spoke about earlier, the security issue. With that, I can then share that unique identifier code with any the pharmacist. I can share it with a family member who will only have access to certain things. Okay, and then at that point, the medication is populated. It will tell me the reason I'm taking that medication by drop down and or if someone has entered it. It will t give me the cost of the medication. Interesting, there may be some synergy here. Okay. Um, <laughs> the cost of the medication. It will it it tracks certain things in adherence, not just taking the meds. But there's certain things that we can re that we can get from a pharmacy benefit manager or a pharmacy management system that speaks to the frequency of picking up meds, the right. duration, et cetera, and that goes into an adherence formula from the back end. Um, with that comes very purposeful internal messaging reminders. Uh, if you are you have an allergy to something, if you're on a duplication, if you have a medication that has been recalled, if you have something from your insurance company that says, okay, this drug is no longer tier one, tier two. They could let, if they're on a DocsMed network, they could easily say, okay, can you notify through your internal secure messaging? You don't have the patient's information. Everyone on this drug, with that UID, through their UID, can they get a message to know that this drug is no longer tier one, it's tier two, and this is the cost associated with it? 
That's assuming that that pharmacy benefit manager is on the system. The interesting thing is I get that on my desk now. The patients have no idea of that information. I get it because they say, well, you know, we don't offer this anymore. You need to change this drug. The other thing that's very interesting is that the pharmacy benefit managers and the insurance industries, people will often, um, what they do now is use a piece of paper and do the same thing. They ask the patients to take it around to all of these places where they fill in their their mm-hmm. meds, they fill in their um, medication problem list, but that doesn't really speak to giving them the updated list. So we have in our system what we call modules. So it's my meds, enter my meds. There's a safety module. There's a reminder module. There's a community module, which for me is something that's very interesting that will speak to how do we engage patients. I think it should be personalized. I think one geography does not have the same, uh, need the same engagement tools as another geography. I think, you know, depending on what your, your chronic disease is, you will have certain things that you want in your mailbox. You can't do information overload because it will desensitize someone to make the right choices. And to, and Give me an example of what you're talking about. Are we talking for, about yeah, food for, deserts, or are we, no, what are we no, talking about? No, for example, I I was um, someone asked me to do a a um, to do a pilot in a in where the let's say the socioeconomic status of that pilot of that of that zip code was I don't know let's say it was on the lower income side, um, and their concern was the tools that we're using now for adherence don't speak to that population. What can you do? I said, well, we can easily personalize it because I know, and I can freely say it because I've worked across the spans from inner city to suburban, that you have to speak someone's language and you have to understand, you have to speak someone's language and you have to understand where they're, what is going to entice them to engage so that they can make change. People don't want to talk about that in healthcare, but that's a reality. I can walk in a room and in five, within five seconds I say, okay, I wear this hat or I wear this hat or I wear that hat, depending on the, the interaction and the patient in front of me. Whether it's dude or ma'am. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And so in order to be, make it more personalized, therefore more effective, the system is designed over time so that I can make sure with, that the, the messaging, the what we call chat rooms, the educational tools are directed to either chronic diseases certain age groups, um, certain demographics, to see how that impacts outcomes in their adherence over time. And where are you in your in your development? Still early, from what I understand. Well, we're, 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 the beta is done for the mobile. Um, we're just at this point debugging uh, because we've had the patient feedback. We're making some modifications on the user interface point uh, perspective, but it, uh, we should be available in the app stores mid-August with our minimal value product. Um, there will quickly be another version that will come out in the fall that will have uh, things like um, there's discount cards, there's things for them to keep track of if um, the pharmaceutical companies want to know what happens to their samples that are that are placed in office. And so we have different things in the My Notebook module that allows them to save money because not only does a patient want to kind of, okay, I don't want to see my doctor all the time, I want my blood pressure control, but to your point, they want to save money. So what in the system will drive this to be an app on the front page versus the back page is, number one, we'll keep you healthy, but we can also help you to save money by mm-hmm. building, building loyalty cards to pharmacists and things. So it really was meant to say everybody gets a great value, and it's different for every industry, but it's confined within this mobile application. And so for you, with the, with the application on the provider side, I mean, I guess I would ask the same question that I had to ask Charles, as, yeah, as sure. how are you going to, how is that piece happening, getting the, the PBMs, the, the, the benefits, pharmacy benefits managers or, and or the physicians to be participating so that, you know, the, that information gets in there. Yeah, I, I think, again, I think it's the mechanism. For me to knock on physicians' doors, no way. For me to knock on the pharmacist's door one by one, th- th- it's just that's an uphill battle. So the path of least resistance uh, using these electronic record systems, using the pharmacy management systems, the pharmacy benefit managers, and say, how do I get to them? by saying, please help me on this program. <laughs> I see. So, so going to say like we had uh, Greenway Health recently. Sure, so exactly. So partnering then for you, th- that's a kind of collaboration that you exactly. see um, where you can actually then scale your, your app. For sure. And, you know, a big portion of it then is working with, we talk about the de-identified data. You know, you talk about the security measures. None of our information, at, even at rest, is, in, is all encrypted, motion rest because of the transit points 
from getting the information to the servers back to the patients. But when you talk about the identified data and you look at self-insured corporations and their employee health and their insurance spend, as well as the, um, again, you talk about meaningful use, there's meaningful use, again, enough drivers to make the physician say, okay, I'm, I've done that, there's my meaningful use box, I need to check this and mm. let's do Doc's Med. Um, as well as the pharmacists. I mean, they've been great supporters. And uh, It's amazing to me that nobody's done that yet. I mean, with all the e- EMRs that are out there, there's not a yeah, module is, already that's that's available. I mean, you know, everyone wants to develop their own, it seems like. Yes. No one's developing one for everybody. Um, they don't yeah. speak. And it's just the whole concept of I interoperability. Yeah. You know, eventually we'll, that will happen. I hope it does. Uh, because it's needed, but the systems all function in their own silo. And, and so that's, I guess, so then in this particular instance, that's the reason why, say, to go back to the example I used, a Greenway Health, for example, mm-hmm. why there would be benefit to them to partner with DocsMed versus sure. just having their developers sit down and craft something that would exactly. help all of the Greenway users to be able to see this information between each other, but not necessarily someone that is using... Cerner or whatever exactly. whatever yeah. other app or, or, or EMR that they're using, you're saying that this one is designed to communicate to all rather than just to one given um, EMR's yeah. universe. Because the common denominator now is the patient. Okay. Until they build this mega healthcare cloud, it's the patient. And patients and are so, going to go to different pharmacies, they're going to go exactly. to different providers, and they all need to be able to talk each other so in order in order to engage in this sort of collaboration with say uh, an emr company like that and who are you talking to or is you trying to interface with the cios there who do you try to well, reach typically, out to it's been the business development the vp of business development um once they understand the concept then obviously you talk about integration our integration um, system is pretty simple they would then have to speak with their chief information officer their chief technology officer to make sure their system was uh, capable of it. The nice thing is then we've had great sponsors from Concord Pharmacy, which is an independent pharmacy, and CarePoint, who's our pharmacy management system that we've been integrated with to test the automation that they had at one of their locations, a very old system, although some of the other ones are newer, but we were able to integrate with that system. And that for us was great because that told mm-hmm. us that we can if we can integrate with them and their system and their pharmacy. The newer ones are easier. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotcha. What other resources are you needing? Is it mainly you know, focusing on that kind of partnership collaboration I piece partnership, to really gain mass? The order would be clients, paying clients, obviously. That could be through the EHRs, the PBMs, the PMSs, downloads of users once we are available. When we can get the bolus of that would easily be through a corporate employee program. Second, because it has been self-funded, um, is, although not second, let me put that at the same time, meaning now, mm-hmm. um, would be funding so that sure. we can continue the upgrade and maintenance of the technology, meaning the maintenance fees of technology to maintain something like this, as well as begin a very robust marketing and sales. Have you been bootstrapping this yourself? I have, yes. Okay. So, and how are you fitting in practice with with this? And you, you know, the funny thing is everyone asks me that, and I think that's our competitive advantage because I can quickly contact and meet with the, yeah. have a focus group with the pharmaceutical industries which have been great i mean from the global <laughs> innovation officers um to the insurance companies i've been in contact with some of the large uh, insurance industries their chief innovation officers out of state uh, to get their feedback to demo what do you think does this make sense and there and it has been great if i come out of that space and more importantly the patients so i know what they want so the 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 access and the ability to quickly iterate is without question makes my practice very beneficial, me practicing now. The key is, and as we're doing, which is a good thing this week, we're building out that executive team to find the um, other individuals who are familiar in the healthcare space. Uh, We've identified some great individuals, and I I won't put their names out there now, but hopefully they'll come on board, and um, to kind of do more of that day in, day out while I kind of continue the vision and navigating with the um, my practice. And to be honest with you, I, people ask, I said, we started in June. This is now July. We have a working product, and I've been practicing, so all yeah, will be good. That's wow. awesome. <laughs> tell, people, tell people where to link up with you. Says we're, we're sure, sure. Visit our website at uh, www.docsmed.com, but more importantly, email me at swoodhouse at docsmed.com. And that's D-O-X-M-E-D.com. Yep. And uh, Charles, share your contact information real quick. Uh, the website is www.authenescripts, A-U-T-H-E-N-T-A-S-C-R-I-P-T-S.com. 
And my email address is uh, C Stevenson, S T E P H E N S O N at authendescriptions.com as well too. And if you're a company out there that's listening, they have a story to tell you, you need people to understand what you do, why you do it, uh, the, the, the solution that you offer and the problems you solve, um, get to know Sherwick Media Group. They're a company that uh, helps people and, and organizations do just that um, with their uh, video services and their content creation team that they have over there. So make sure you get to know Sherwick Media at Sherwick, S-H-A-R-W-I-K.com. Thanks to the folks at Health Connect South and Make sure if you've not already done so, already uh, sign up for the Health Connect South event coming up here September 16th. Going to be held at the Georgia Aquarium. If you are listening to us and you uh, use the promo code RADIOX, you'll get $100 off of your registration for that event. And I highly recommend it. The first one that I went to back last year in September was amazing. Um, lots of great information and certainly lots of great contacts to be made there. Um, we'll have to have you all back because clearly there's more to talk about. We yeah, have we'd to hear love to hear how you guys are doing. Yeah, like more even six months from now. More case studies of of uh, success stories that you have. Uh, we'll have a lot more information to share. Um, Diana, thanks for uh, being Coming here back with us. From vacation, Dr. Woodhouse <laughs> and Charles. Thanks so much for taking time out of your yeah, busy day. You. Everybody out there who's made us a part of your day today, we really appreciate you. Make sure you turn around and share it because that's what we're trying to do is foster collaborations. And you sharing this with your network might just be the uh, the thing that makes that happen. So uh, we appreciate it in advance for doing that to uh, the folks at Health Connect South. Thanks so much. We'll see you all same time, same place next week. See you then. Great. This show is brought to you by Sherwick Media. Sherwick is the health and wellness solution, content that inspires change. Learn more at www.sherwick.com. That's sharewik.com. And link up with us on Facebook and Twitter.